All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Rebunked. My name is Scott, coming at you live from the Last American Vagabond Studios here in historic Franklin, Tennessee. And uh, so I got some bad news, guys. So we've been having some issues this week. Uh, Dr. Kaufman did cancel on me about 20 minutes ago. So take that for what it's worth. And I'll just say that's the second time in a row that that's happened. So I don't know what to tell you. All right, so we already kind of set aside this time and I'm down at the studio and I got all my stuff pulled up and I'm like, you know what? I was thinking about just canceling and just not showing up, not doing anything, but I'm like, oh, come on, dude, you can do this. So what we're going to do here is we're going to try and figure something out here. We're going to just going to, I don't know, we're just going to like, and I don't know. So this is being broadcast out to multiple locations. Okay. Okay. Apparently rumble. It's not going out to rumble, dude. It's just a mess. It's just a mess this morning. And all the headlines are still saying that Andrew Kaufman's on the show. So this was a heavily promoted episode. I mean, I'm not mad. I mean, it just is what it is. I hope everything's okay with him, of course, obviously, but, uh, yeah, it's just going to be me talking about terrain theory and all that good stuff for you. So, you know, I did a lot of preparation for this interview. I've done a lot of research. I've been listening to a lot of things. I feel like I can speak pretty intelligently about what the idea of terrain theory is to begin with. And I know a lot of people were showing up hoping to have like a robust uh, discussion about this. So I don't know uh, if you guys are in the Rockfin chat, you know, maybe some of you can like, you know, chat along and we can just kind of feed off each other and kind of go from there. But uh, I do have some stuff pulled up that we can kind of take a look at as we move along here. So I don't know why rumble's not working. That's so stupid, man. Okay. Whatever. Hamza, what's going on, man? So, uh, as you guys know, if you're just showing up, uh, Kaufman canceled on me a few minutes ago, so I'm just going live here solo, and we're just going to talk about terrain theory. So, you know, it's one of those things where, okay, so if you saw the original title of the episode, it was Paradigm Shift, and, and, you know, I've been listening to a lot of different interviews from Dr. Kaufman, and then, you know, this whole thing is literally a paradigm shift. You know, this is all, in order to kind of wrap your head around what uh, terrain theory is versus germ theory, you really have to just basically go throw out everything that you already know, go back to the drawing board, start from the ground up and reformulate your, your hypothesis or your perspective on what the world actually is. Like, what is this thing that we're interacting with? You know what I mean? So it's, it's a, it's a weird one. And, and some of the claims that are out there that I was hoping to get into a little bit are pretty bold. You know, a lot of the terrain theory folks, they, they, they make some pretty bold claims and it's kind of crazy because then it's like, really? Well, if that's true, then, what none of this makes sense right so some of the things that they say is that you know viruses don't exist that's a big one that's a big one viruses don't exist what the heck are you talking about right <laughs> okay ever since i was a little kid i've been told that viruses like when i get sick i cough and that little particle floats out of my mouth and floats through the air and lands into your mouth and then goes into your system and then makes you sick right i think that's a fair assessment of what everybody kind of perceives uh, perceives it to be right. So I don't know. Oh, we got a comment from Twitch. I didn't even know anybody was watching on Twitch. What's up, Bubbo? <laughs> I just, I, I, I use Streamyard and I just put this show out to all these different platforms like Twitch and D Live. And I just, I don't know if anybody's actually watching. I haven't even logged into Twitch or D Live since I've started doing the show. I just know my stream goes out. So what's up, dude? Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. I don't even check stats on there or anything, but. Bubbo, you came to the right place. Welcome home, man. We uh, we are over here talking about uh, we talk about all kinds of crazy subversive stuff that the government and big tech does not want us talking about. And I just happen to be on uh, on on Twitch for the time being. So today we're talking about one of those mildly subversive topics that probably not a lot of people have heard about, and it's kind of the idea that that oh Hamza's over on Twitch. That's hilarious. All right. Basically, we're talking about the idea that germ germs viruses don't cause disease. And in fact, viruses don't exist. And it's a whole different paradigm that causes it. And I think a really important place to start to even begin to understand this is to go all the way back, all the way back to when these theories were first formulated. All right. And, you know, as I was preparing real quick this morning to do this show solo, um, I, I grabbed a couple of resources real quick. And I think what we could do here is we could just pull up. Oops, hold on. Let me do it like this. So pardon me, guys. Like, this is like just a, I'm just running and gunning here because I did have a guest who is an expert on this sort of thing, but, uh, you know, he's not going to be with us today. So I'm doing it 
Doing it live. Doing it solo. Sounds like something a flat earther would say. Yeah, I know. I know. So uh that's that's coming from twitch everybody just so you know just so you know guys don't worry don't worry we have we have people from twitch watching it's okay i i still i, I mean i love you and so i'm not fully there on flat earth like i question a lot of the things nasa says there's no question about that but i'm not like all the way there with flat earth but i'm, I'm kind of like open to that but let's go back and talk a little so so twitch what bubba i hope you stick around and maybe maybe we can have a robust discussion about this because if you look here okay so this is um as a source, this is the Weston A. Price Foundation. And this is a really cool organization that I've kind of uh, been some, I mean, I haven't like really been affiliated with them, but I've been aware of their work for a long time. And basically the Weston A. Price Foundation is really all about health and and healing through natural whole foods. And, and I don't want to like give them the wrong branding, but here we go. Let's go. Let's go about, about the foundation. Let's talk a little about Weston A. Price Foundation. I know one of the founding members of Weston A. Price is Tom Cowan, Dr. Tom Cowan. Um, you know, he's, uh, uh, I think he's probably on the board of directors still, but I know he's, a, he's been a very fundamental part of the Weston A. Price Foundation for a long time. Um, let's see about the foundation mission statement. Let's just, let's just get a mission statement. I just know they do a lot of good work. Uh, let's see. Weston A. Price is a nonprofit tax exempt charity founded in 1999 to disseminate the research of nutrition pioneer Dr. Weston Price, whose studies of isolated, non industrialized peoples established the parameters of human health and determined the optimum characteristics of human diets. Okay. The, uh, okay. Determined the optimum characteristics of human diets. Dr. Price's research demonstrated that humans achieve perfect physical form and perfect health generation. Perfect health generation after generation only when they consume nutrient dense whole foods and the vital fat soluble activators found exclusively in animal fat. So their whole thing is like teaching you how to eat properly, right? So here's a here's a um here's an article that I found on the Weston Price Foundation. So I would say a relatively credible source. I, I know a lot of these doctors. I don't know who wrote this, who wrote this. Marinda Teller, PhD. I'm not really familiar with her, for example, but you know, if it's on Weston A. Price, I feel like that's a fairly credible source. And so, you know, a lot of, a lot of this discussion really reminds me if any of you guys are familiar with the, uh, before we get too far into it. So this is just my thoughts on it real quick. So one of my favorite tales from history, one of my favorite, uh, you know, stories and who knows, I've heard people say like, Oh, that's all, it's all BS. You know, it's all fabricated history and I get it. I know, but I mean, at least how the story goes. It's a story of uh, Nikola Tesla and Thomas Edison, right? And I don't want to get too deep into this because I could do an entire episode on this. It's one of the most fascinating stories in history. It's just the the uh, the idea of Edison, Edison and Tesla. Um. Uh, let's see. So we got uh, Bubba said, Bubba on Twitch says, "Hey, diets are hard to follow, but when followed, can lead to happy, healthy life." Yes, exactly. You got it. You know what I mean? Like it all starts with it all starts with a healthy diet. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what, that's what modern medicine, the allopathic medicine model, which is what we're trying to, we're pushing back against on this show. And Bubba, if you're new to the show, that's like one of the main things we are here to do on this show is to push back against the current medical paradigm. Because as you can see, as you've seen the last couple of years, it's completely predatory, toxic, and they don't care about your health. It is so obvious that they don't care about your health at all, at all, at all. In fact, it's to their advantage for you to be sick. They want to inject you with so many different things to make you as sick as possible and dependent as possible from the second you take your first breath on this earth until a whole pandemic happens and then they can just inject you over and over and over and over. And people are just dropping dead everywhere, dude. Everywhere, 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 man. It's it's carnage out there from these shots. And if you And if you haven't seen it in your own personal life or if you're not noticing weird things happening, it's, uh, you know, the veil hopefully is lifting, but anyway, man, no bubba, dude, I, I'm super glad you're here. So anyway, back to what I was saying. So, so Tesla and Edison, they called it the war of the currents. And this was like early 1900s. This is uh two contemporary scientists who had competing ideas about what their vision of the next iteration of science was going to be. Right. And this is the time around the time where they were trying to implement some sort of, uh, they're trying to implement some sort of like infrastructure, some electrical infrastructure in the United States. It was supposed to be either uh, supposed to be either AC or DC current, right? And Thomas Edison had this genius idea that that if we just had DC batteries in every home and we use DC currents to power the electrical grid, then that would be that, that's the solution. Now Nikola Tesla, on the other hand, thought AC was the answer. 
And as and as and and you know, it's funny because Edison like stole ideas from Tesla and all this stuff, and like they were like rivals and they had big backers. So this is like Edison was backed by JP Morgan. Like y'all heard about JP Morgan. Bubbo, if you want some good stuff to go back in history to look into to inform a lot of the nastiness going on in the world, check out JP Morgan. Check out the creature from Jekyll Island. Look at how our current monetary system was created. And talk about big corporations. Absolutely. Look, go look, go look at how this monetary system was created. A good book, The Creature from Jekyll Island. Check, check that out, man. Check that out. And it, and it informs a lot of this. So anyway, JP Morgan backed Thomas Edison. And then this guy named Westinghouse backed uh Nikola Tesla. And it was all about like the funding, man. It was crazy. And they just competed. And that's a crazy story. Like Tesla or Edison went so far to discredit Tesla that he was like murdering animals. He was using Tesla's AC technology to electrocute animals to prove how dangerous it was so that it wouldn't be adopted, right? Stuff like that, just insane. Like Thomas Edison was a diabolically evil psychopath, right? But of course, we're taught in school that he was like this nice genius guy, you know? You know, he just invented the light bulb. He's such a nice guy. No, dude, this guy was just like a, a, a raving psychopath that like murdered animals. You can actually find footage on YouTube. Type in, uh, I can't remember if it's, uh, I can't remember the name of the elephant, but there's footage on YouTube that you can find of Thomas Edison electrocuting a full adult elephant to death just to, to discredit Tesla. It's insane. So, so this rivalry, you know, this, this scientific rivalry is classic. I think they made a movie about it called war of the currents, like a pretty mainstream movie. I don't know. I haven't seen it. I can't really vouch for it, but the story of Edison and Tesla competing to bring technology together reminds me of the origin story of terrain theory versus germ theory, you know? And so let's take a look. Let's take a look here. So back in the day, we had, uh, and this is according to to Weston Price. Oh, Colleen's in the house. J.P. Morgan failed their stress test. There you go. Um, let's see. Yeah, yeah. See, Bubbo, you get it. Edison was a lunatic, dude. He was a psychopath. All right. So let's read some of this article here. So whereas most people probably have heard of Louis Pasteur, right? So Louis Pasteur in this story is the Thomas Edison, right? So Louis Pasteur is like, you know, the big funded, like kind of mainstream guy that, that, that everybody was backing. Right. But it's doubtful that many of you have heard of Antoine Beauchamp. All right. And so these guys were around like early 1800s. So Pasteur was 1822 to 1895 and Beauchamp was 1816 to 1908. So these two 19th, the two 19th century researchers were scientific contemporaries, compatriots, and fellow members of the French Academy of Science. But the key difference in their views on biology and disease pathology pathology led to a prolonged rivalry both within and outside of academia. So Beauchamp was the more brilliant thinker. And to me, that that's, that's again, back to Tesla. Like, I think that his, the nature of Tesla's work was so far outside of the mainstream and so, you know, so he, he thought so big and so far outside of what was even probably socially acceptable. Like he was trying to give free energy to the entire world. Right. And some of these like Rockefeller types, they can't be having people have like, free unlimited energy like that's not going to work and so uh but pasteur had political connections including emperor napoleon so there we go he had high he had connections in high places like the same thing with like jp morgan so pasteur was the heavily connected heavily funded politically advantageous one in the story whereas bachamp was the genius but kind of the underdog right and again, here's another here's another similarity. Not uh, plagiarizing and distorting Bichamp's research. Pasteur achieved fame and fortune largely because his views were in tune with the science and the politics of his day. Meanwhile, 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 delegated Bichamp's idea, not as attractive to convenient conventional thinkers, to the intellectual dustbin. So anyway, what they're saying there is like again, again, like same thing with Tesla, man. Like he was he was thinking outside the box, but his thoughts and what he was trying to innovate was not advantageous to those that were in power at the time. So it's really interesting when you go back and you realize that these fundamental like axiomatic things that that we rely so much of our current medical paradigm on are kind of houses of cards and once we start once we start dissecting and and, and pulling back the curtain and looking at some of these fundamental things what all of our knowledge is based on like if you can root back and realize that all of our knowledge is based on like the original sin of a lie or a deception or or, or a political maneuvering then it gets really interesting real quick. So let's see. Pasteur's promotion of germ theory, which is a flawed notion that he did not so much discover as repackaged, has remained dear to pharmaceutical company executives' hearts up to the present day. 
So that, that's a citation. That's a good quote. So the, the, the idea of, of germ theory is near and dear to pharmaceutical company executives' hearts up to the present day. So that's a citation, number four. Let's go see what citation number four is here. Um, that is radical medicine, profound intervention in a profoundly toxic age, International Medical Arts Publishing 2007. So now uh, might be something to worth worth further further investigation there. All right, let's go back. Uh, let's see. All right, so um, so okay, so it's near and dear to the to the hearts. So the germ theory, basically, our entire. So right now, the medical system, like you go to the doctor, you go to the hospital, they prescribe you something, right? This is called allopathic medicine. Allopathic medicine, okay. That's pretty much what we perceive to be the modern day way. And there's other, there's other modalities too. There's like uh, homeopathy, there's like holistic approaches. And so these are different modalities of our approach to medicine. And allopathic is you go to the, you go to the doctor, you sit in the thing, they, they whack your knee, your knee goes out and then they make you turn your head and cough. And then they say, what's bothering you? And then they write you a prescription and you go take a pill. And then supposedly that, that, that fixes the symptom of the problem, right? Allopathic medicine is is the at its core symptom management. It's like, oh, I feel sick. I need to get rid of this sickness, right? Right. But terrain theory, and before we get too far into it, terrain theory discusses and argues that that sickness is your body's natural response to a pathogen or something, and you're going through a purification, detoxification process. So the sickness is not necessarily a bad thing. That's your body doing what your body's supposed to do, you know. But like, let's say, let's say you have like a, let's say you have a headache, just a simple headache, right? So next time you have a headache, think of it this way. Okay. Yeah. I can take a bunch of Advil and the headache goes away, but what is that really doing? It's just numbing the pain receptor. So I don't feel the pain, but why do I have a headache? I'm probably dehydrated. I bet you if I just chug a ton of water or had I drank a bunch of water leading up to that, I wouldn't have a headache in the first place. And so allopathic medicine is more about mitigating and managing the symptoms of the problem rather than going back and addressing the problem itself. And I would argue that nine times out of 10, that problem is a result of your body being in dis-ease, being out of, being out of health in one way or another. Right. And, and, and they call that the terrain, taking care of the terrain, the overall terrain of your body. And there's so many cool analogies. Another really good resource. I really so again, I mentioned Dr. Tom Cowan a little bit earlier, who you know is involved with Weston Price Foundation. I want to give you guys like like just check out some of Dr. Tom Cowan's interviews or read his book. He's got a really good book called The Contagion Myth. The Contagion Myth, and uh, he he does a great job of 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 unpacking this and using analogies to describe to describe you know what what the 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 different dynamics of, of terrain theory are his analogies are the best and it makes a lot of sense it makes a lot of sense when he breaks it down that way so i also did do an interview it's an early on in the show it might be in the like the 20s episode 20 ish actually i can find it right here uh with a guy named uh dr william trebbing dr william trebbing and he wrote a book called goodbye germ theory so that's episode 26 if you guys go back rebunked episode 26 Go listen to read, uh, Goodbye Germ Theory or read the book or listen to the audio book of Goodbye Germ Theory. I love that book. It's a fascinating bubble. If you want a really good, quick dive into terrain theory, go listen, go check out uh, William Trebbing's book, Goodbye Germ Theory. It's on Audible, which is hilarious because a lot of these subversive books are available on Audible, which is so crazy. You know, I never, I don't have any way to explain it, but it's there. But that's a deep dive discussion that that will open your mind to a lot of different things about the current medical pharmaceutical paradigm. That's just like, whoa, dude, really? And the funny thing is, is that literally, Bubble, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this straight up. So if you go, I, I challenge you to go read that book or, or go listen to it on audiobook. It's hilarious because that book was written in 2004. Goodbye Germ Theory was written in 2004. And what he's doing is he's, he talks about the whole you know, the whole idea of vaccination to begin with is very questionable. And there's a lot of things that, that need to be re-examined. You know, the science, the studies behind just basic like childhood vaccines, there's a lot there that need to be questioned and looked at harder because, you know, just basic, simple things like the increase overall of like, say autism or autoimmune conditions over the last 40, 50 years, ever since that has ever since we've added more shots to the childhood vaccine schedule, the amount of 
rampant childhood disease has just skyrocketed. And that's really the only explanation that a lot of people have for it, you know? And I know we're, we're going into some crazy territory here, but, but the idea is that, um, you know, this whole system, this whole system, the medical cartel, the big pharma, the big pharma cartel, dude, they're out of control and they've been out of control for a long time, but they finally just now kind of exposed themselves. They've overstepped. So in this book, Goodbye Germ Theory, it's amazing because written in 2004, he's talking about the medical cartel. He's talking about this evil, profit-driven, just monolithic thing that has the most more power over our government, the United States government, than any other entity. Big Pharma has more lobbying money to the U.S. government than any other organization. That's like been gas, uh, you know, any of these energy companies, any of the military industrial contractors big pharma far and away like over double has more lobbying money funneling to washington than any of them they have more power and influence over the united states government than anything out there big pharma and i'm talking pfizer moderna merck uh you know all these guys you know they have the most they have the most so the united states doesn't serve the people the united states serves big pharma that's what it is we live in a in a in a fa facade of a government that serves big pharma. That's what they do. And I don't think and it could possibly be more apparent than it has been the last couple of years. Okay. If you, if you don't think that big pharma is running the show, you've not been paying attention. Okay. Now the crazy thing is, is that in this book, goodbye germ theory, Dr. William Trebing in 2004 was saying this out of control medical cartel will someday try to seize power from the people as if they are an invading army an invading government. And they're going to use a forced vaccination program to do it. He calls it in 2004 exactly what we've been living through the last couple of years. How does he know that? You know, and it's fascinating. And it all goes back to just dissecting it and looking at this model. Basically looking at the germ theory model versus the terrain theory model. Their entire argument, their entire power derives from the fact that we believe that I cough and a virus floats out of my mouth into your mouth and makes you sick and that a pill or a vaccine will prevent or cure that. That's what their whole model is based on. How could you possibly vaccinate the entire world with a shot that gives you negative immunity over time? Like, like it's all coming out. All the studies are coming out that like, not only does it give you like, it doesn't give you like this extreme protection against COVID. In fact, over time, it gives you negative affection. It wrecks your innate immune system. It prevents you from stopping this quote unquote, whatever it is. You know what I mean? So now I'm like shifting back and forth between germ theory and terrain theory because it's, it's hard to wrap your head around, man. I think the COVID thing, the COVID shot thing, this is like bioweapon territory. This is like deliberate, deliberate attacks against humanity. Right. And so it, it's a crazy one. And looking at, looking at what we've witnessed the last couple of years through the lens of terrain theory brings up a lot of questions. So let's go, let's go back though, to the article itself though. Let's go back to this and just kind of read a little bit more about the origins of terrain theory. All right. So anyway, so um, where were we at? So it's worth going over this again. So farm <laughs> uh, germ theory has remained dear to pharmaceutical company executives' hearts up to the present day, having laid the groundwork for synthetic drugs, chemotherapy, radiation, surgical removal of body parts, and vaccines. To become the medicines of choice, the unshakable belief that there is one microbe for every illness is so ingrained as the controlling medical idea for the Western world that competing ideas about disease causation still have difficulty gaining traction. And keep in mind, like this is all still theoretical. This is theoretical. Like the germ theory, viruses, that is still a theoretical model. It really is. Now, when when they show you pictures of a virus, like you're, and you know, all of us, I mean, myself included, it's like, oh, you know, I've seen viruses. They have pictures, electron microscope, electron microscopy, micro, yeah, microscopy, like images of a virus. Like that's a virus, duh. One of the things that terrain theory argues is that think of it this way, and this is this is a this is a um, a Tom Cowan analogy, right? So one of the ways that he describes it is like, okay, let's say your house is on fire, right? Your house is on fire and, uh, and then all the firemen show up to put out the fire and there's all the firemen running around the house like that in the virus model in the germ theory model, looking at that house on fire, you would think that all the firemen running around are the cause of the fire. They're like, wow, 
Look, and so if we if we remove the firemen, then the fire will go out. Like that's the idea. So the the, the terrain theory model implies that what we're seeing under an electron microscope when you're doing these studies is the debris from a cell. It's like the cell's poop, like a, a diseased cell goes through its process of, of healing. And then the excrement that excretes out of the cell is what we look and see as a virus, right? Another way that I've heard it described is like a, like a dead, a dead animal. So you have a dead animal laying on the side of the road and it's just, a bunch of maggots show up to, to eat and help decompose, right? Just the natural cycle of things. You have the, 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 the maggots eating the animal. So in the, in the, in the germ theory model, they would look at that dead animal and they would see the maggots on it and they would be like, oh, that, that animal died from maggots eating it. But it's kind of the inverse. It's the inverse. It's a complete inversion. It's a complete inversion of reality, man. And so, you know, honestly, I'm not making any claims. I'm not saying one way or the other. I'm just presenting this information. I tend to feel like there's a, there's a combination of both going on because you can't say that like bacteria doesn't exist, like mold like small microscopic things do exist that uh, that 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 infect us and and change our health status, right? Like if I'm if I live in a room that has black mold on every wall, I'm gonna get sick, right? That's a microscopic particle coming in and infecting my terrain, you know. So, but but I I just looking at just even the history of this and the politicization of of just the germ theory debate really, you know, lends itself to be, to at least question it, right? Can we at least question it? I know we're moving closer and closer every day into a world where we're not even allowed to question things, okay? I know that that's the case. So for the time being, while we're still allowed to question things, like I'm going to question things, you know what I mean? So anyway, like I, don't even get me started on an Alex Jones rant here. Like we can maybe save that for the end, but that's that's what they're doing to Alex, man. They're using this this trial against Alex to make it so that it's illegal or impossible to, to question things, right? And that's not a world we want to live in. I don't care what you think about Alex Jones. We need to be able to live in a world where you can question things up to and including the most horrific events imaginable, school shootings and everything. Like I should, there, there's precedent. There's historical precedent, proven cases where governments have instigated acts like that. And so therefore we have the right to question it until this government gets out of all of our lives. And goes back to doing until the government becomes my bitch once again, the way it should be. We need to be able to question every damn thing. A lot of these these entities have gotten way too powerful, right? Way too powerful. And and they don't want to be questioned. Okay. Just think of it that way. All of you that are saying don't question things, like you are doing the devil's work. You are doing the work of the bad guys. Okay. All right. Anyway, whatever. So let's go back to this. So uh, over a century after the two Frenchmen's demise, why bother to revisit the place in history? The answer is that scientific and industry bias in favor of Pasteur's model has not served the public health. To the contrary, two decades into the 21st century, dismal national and inter international health statistics utterly belie the hype about medical advances. In the U.S., for example, over half of all children or more have one or more chronic conditions as does a comparable proportion of millennials, up to 62% of Medicaid population adults, 10 most healthcare dollars spent in the blah, 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 similar trend. So basically, and you, we've all seen this, you guys, like we, we know this, we know this to be true. People are getting sicker. People are getting like, people are getting like, especially here in the United States, you guys, it doesn't take a genius to like look around and see that something is horribly wrong with people, you know? And, and it's a combination of a lot of different things. It's, it's yes, it's like the, our, our, our lazy, fragile culture that it's just, it's just, it's, it's sad. It really is sad. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's frightening, but, but something happened, dude, something we, we got physically attacked. Like if you look out there, it's like 90% of people are like overweight, dude. It's so insane, dude. I probably could use a little bit of, I can probably lose a few pounds. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, it's just, we're, we're under attack. All the food that we eat is just horrible. That's one of my big missions right now is to really source and find food that isn't from the grocery store, that isn't filled with a bunch of ingredients, right? If it had, like the, the saying is, and I know uh, Tom Cowan and the Weston Price people would agree with me with this. If it has an ingredients list, don't eat it. <laughs> if it has a nutrition facts label on it, don't eat it. 
only get stuff that's like right out of the ground, right out of the farm or right off the butcher block, man. And I'm like, dude, that's my goal in 2023 and beyond. That's my goal. All right. All right. So for those of who are able to steal themselves against medical propaganda, and this is propaganda, you guys, propaganda. It is abundantly clear that the Pasteurian paradigm has failed to deliver. With Americans in such a shocking state of ill health, we cannot afford to let the profit-driven pharmaceutical perspective continue to dominate. As one writer more bluntly put it, the sooner we get over the legacy of Pasteur's fake science and get back to reality, the better. So this is cool, you know? Um, I, I enjoy, like, let's just keep going with this. Like, I was going to talk about some of the other stuff, but but this is good stuff. And again, I just want to point everybody towards uh my favorite book on this topic so far, which is Goodbye Germ Theory. I'm sure there's a ton of other really, really good books out there. If anybody has any in the chat, let's check the chat here. So Colleen, Colleen, what's up? I love Colleen. Colleen's one of my favorite people in the world. Colleen says, didn't he get kicked out of school? The school told his mom school wasn't the place for him and he was mentally impaired. His mom told him he was a genius and she and she homeschooled. Okay, shedding. Yeah, yeah, there you go. There you go. I'm sorry, Colleen. I, I, I lost track of what uh, what that was referring to. Didn't he get kicked out of school? The school told his mom school wasn't the place for him. He was mentally impaired. His mom told him he was a genius and she homeschooled. Now that's probably the case. Yeah. When you got a genius kid at school, they're not going to fit in and the teachers are going to tell them that they're stupid and then they're going to homeschool and become, and they're going to go on to do big things. So bottom line, moral of the story is homeschool your kids, folks. All right. All right. Let's talk about this. So heretic celebrity versus heretic history awarded renowned History awarded renown to the re reductionist Pasteur for being the father of immunology. Thanks a lot, Louis. Louis would be uh, would be very proud of what 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 his uh, legacy has been turned into these days, and popularized the theory that disease involves a simple interaction between specific microorganisms and a host. In his single-minded focus on the germ side of the equation, Pasteur ignored the host and discounted the influence of environmental factors, thereby conveniently dismissing social responsibility for disease. Both at the time and thereafter, the public and most fellow scientists found germ theory easy to embrace. I mean, it really is. I mean, it really is. And the other thing, too, the other thing, too, about it is that um, the germ theory model takes the pressure off of you as an individual to actually take responsibility for your health. It allows you to outsource your health to other people. And it allows you to outsource your disease outcomes to other people. And it's like, oh, okay, like let's say I just eat McDonald's every day and and uh, I go get my vaccine and then I go get my donut for taking my vaccine, right? If, if, if that's the lifestyle I'm living, I'm living a sedentary lifestyle. I sit on my ass. I watch Netflix. I eat, you know, Uber Eats delivery. And I'm just consuming all this nonsense and I'm getting all my shots, right? And then I have like, and then I get like diabetes or some crazy thing as a result of my poor choices, then, then I could just take a pill or I could just like, you know, get another injection or I could just get something. I'm not knocking diabetes. You guys, you know, I'm not, I'm not talking trash or anything like that. Okay. That's not what I'm trying to do. But the idea is that I make poor choices regarding my health. I have negative outcome, health outcomes. And then I just go to the doctor knowing I could take a pill. I guarantee there's people out there that make poor health choices. And in the back of their mind, they, they, permit themselves to do that because they say, well, I could just go to the doctor and they'll give me a pill and that'll take care of it. I guarantee, you know, that's what germ theory allows us to do. It allows us to outsource our ability to take responsibility for our own health. Whereas terrain theory, the fundamental axiomatic principle of terrain theory is that we have to, have to, have to, have to take responsibility from our health from day one. And I'm at the point now where I'm like looking at things and I'm like, God, like, this is awful. Like I moved, I moved to Tennessee, right? I moved to Tennessee earlier this year. And one of the things I looked at, I was looking at like water, like what, what type of stuff do they put in the water? And so I came from Oregon. And one of the things I have to give Oregon credit for, at least according to a lot of their websites are, uh, what's up, Biscotti? Glad you arrived, man. Hey, I was just going to let you know that, uh, Kaufman canceled. So, uh, we're just doing a discussion on terrain theory. So if you have any thoughts, yeah, throw them in the chat. We'll get into it. Um, Bobo's Bobo over on Twitch is still hanging. looks like he said, what I think is sad is how long it took doctors and surgeons to wash their hands because they thought it was wrong in some way. Yeah. 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 So there you go. So anyway, we're just having a discussion about, uh, the history of terrain theory, which I think is a really neat discussion. Um, but yeah, really, really the fundamental thing is that, you know, from a terrain theory perspective, like 
we're the ones that have to take responsibility for our health. We can't outsource that, you know, and most people don't like that. Most people don't want to have that put on us. Like, Oh, I have enough responsibility in my life. I got to take my kids to school. Oh my God. I got to go to work and I got to worry about my health. Dude. No, man. Come on, man. I got to pay taxes. I got to do all this shit. And you want me to worry about my health too? On top of that? Like, no, 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 no. Just give me a pill. Just give me a pill, okay, please? <laughs> that's like, that's the world we live in, right? So anyway, uh, all right. So both at the time and thereafter, the public and most fellow scientists found germ theory easy to embrace, perceiving Pasteur's model of life and health to be not only superficially plausible, but financially exploitable. And there it is, folks. And there's a citation. There's number three. Let's see what that is, because I feel like not only this, I want to go back and read some of these so who had their finger on the magic of life antoine bichamp or louis pasteur so oh vaccines vaccine i don't know what that is but i'm gonna have to look into that looks pretty cool all right all right all right all right hold on hold on there we are uh, financially exploitable i love that see that's what it is man so if we can again the paradigm shift if the paradigm shift were to recur we would go back to a terrain theory model all these big pharmaceutical companies would be out of business. It would be out of business. Um, yeah. So Biscotti says there needs to be a proper discussion between the key researchers, which hasn't really been done yet. Exactly. You know, they don't want to have that debate. They, you know, these germ theory people. In fact, one of the things I was going to get into Andrew Kaufman with is that uh, he has a virus challenge out there. And he says, and I, from my understanding, I heard him talk about it on one show somewhere, but he basically says that like um, they have four different, uh, diseases or pathogens in four different vials he has like a, a flu and a covid and a something and a something i can't remember pneumonia um and then like a i can't remember a cancer oh a non non-infectious one a cancer all four like in a vial and he says we're going to send those to four to, to different labs and they can use their testing instruments to determine which sample is which it's a completely blind study so if you can do that then i think there's like some sort of financial reward for it but nobody's taking them up on it. You know what I mean? Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? It's so interesting how all of these people, like the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, all these people from like Moderna and Pfizer, they will not debate. I have actually tried to get people from the medical establishment to debate people. I've tried and they ain't going to do, they don't do it. They don't do it. I did meet one lady who said she was willing to debate, but that just, it never materialized. It never followed through. So I don't know if she was just saying that, I don't know. But anyway, you know, they don't want to debate. They don't want to have, they don't want to actually put their ideas to the test. They don't want to do it, man, because they, it would all fall apart. And then their whole medical paradigm, their whole system would fall apart. Can you imagine being the guy that like accepted that virus challenge? And then you were solely responsible for the collapse of the entire medical system that's out there, the entire medical cartel. Like they would just, they, they, they probably, I mean, they, they probably say, yeah, you do that and we will kill your whole family period. Do you think Big Pharma is playing? Do you think Big Pharma is playing around? We know that they take people out. I mean, that's no question about it. Look up the story. Hey, Bubbo, look up the story of Brandy Vaughn, Merck, Merck whistleblower, Brandy Vaughn. Look at her very, very, very mysterious death after being harassed and gang stalked by essentially people from Big Pharma, people that were acting in the, on behalf of Big Pharma. It's crazy. And, and Bubbo, I'm just using an example. I love that you're here, man. I think this is fantastic. I'm not like picking on you at all. I'm just saying like, you know, you're the, you're the, uh, you're the guy that's here to learn, man. And I love that. I love that more than anything, or at least the person that's like open-minded to something that may challenge everything that I know. You know, when I, when I, when somebody challenges like core fundamental things that I have held onto my entire life, like that's a very uncomfortable feeling. Trust me. I know exactly, exactly, exactly what that feels like. And everybody here listening probably knows exactly what that feels like. But, uh, but it's like, it's, it's, it's an important thing. It's a beautiful process to go through. So, um, and, and Biscotti says every, and Biscotti, Biscotti, I know he's been through that process. He's been through that whole process and he's out on the other side and he's, uh, looking at the world with a different lens. So he says everyone so far ended with logical fallacies being exploited rather than argue points using the scientific method and data. Yes, 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 yes. Logical fallacies, logical fallacies always bring us away from evidence. And there's all kinds of different things that they can construct to pull us away from the evidence. And that's why we, we have to like, you know, these, these things won't, these studies, these studies that could potentially disprove germ theory, they don't get funding. 
you won't have a job. If you go to your boss, like let's say you're a virologist, right? That's one of the big arguments against terrain theory is like, well, well then what are all these virologists doing? What are these virologists going to school for? What are they studying? Like what, what are they doing in their labs or million dollar labs? Like all these thousands and tens of thousands of virologists out there. Like if there's no viruses, what the hell are they doing? And it's like, well, the way it's set up is like they can go through this isolation method, which is a very rigorous thing. And, and maybe I could pull up something that describes it, but, uh, you know, basically they go through this whole process and by the end they get this thing, a photograph of this thing. They say, Oh, that's a virus. That's a virus. But the process that you go about to, to create that image is such a weird thing that it's like, you're left with a dead piece of metal infused antibacterial infused thing off of a monkey kidney cell. That's like so far removed from like a live virus in a living organism. that it's really hard to, to generate any sort of like real knowledge off of it. You know what I'm saying? Like they do have live microscopy, like, um, uh, like, uh, what is his name? Uh, Bear Lando Alpha Vedic podcast. I've heard him talk about like how he does like live microscopy. It was really cool stuff. Like that's a great show. Alpha A L F A V E D I C Alpha Vedic podcast. Like that's a great show. You guys, like if you haven't checked that out, they do a lot of really good analysis about terrain theory. I would say that's one of the best shows out there. If you want to learn more about this stuff or just topics in general, like it never ceases to amaze me that, uh, was it Mike, Mike winter? I think it is, is the co-host. I think they both, Everything they talk about is just so on point, man. It's so great. It's so great. But anyway, let's do it. Let's do a little bit more reading here, you guys. I'm having fun. Hopefully, you guys are having fun. Um, I wasn't prepared to talk this much today, but I love it. This is fun. I love these little solo casts. All right, let's keep going here. Like, I got caught off guard the other night about the vaccine one. I didn't do any show prep. And then afterwards, like, after I, uh, we had that um, with Susie, we had Susie on or she was supposed to be on the show, which by the way, we're going to be doing that episode next Wednesday, this coming Wednesday. I can't remember what day it is, but whatever this coming Wednesday is, uh, Susie's going to come back on and we're going to, we're going to try it again. We're going to go deep anti-vaccination episode. So Bubbo, come join us next Wednesday. Uh, we got an expert coming on to pretty much explain the dangers of all vaccines, not just the COVID vaccine. We'll break down some information that you probably haven't heard before. And, and if you can, if you can survive this episode, then come back and check that one out because that's really going to challenge a lot of your fundamental thoughts but again i'm not making any claims i don't say i know everything i'm not a doctor i'm not a scientist but these are things that are just like these should be questioned These should be questioned because man these people are out of control out there and the more people realize it and know about it the better right um so anyway so after i got done that episode of Susie, i kind of like tried to wing it and tried to like do like an anti-vaccination rant and i feel like i had a good rant there for a few seconds but most of all, I was kind of like, um, 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 like not really sure. So this time when, when Kaufman canceled on me, I was like, you know what? Screw it. So I just pulled up a few resources real quick and I'm like, I'm just going to dive in. So I have like some resources to pull off of, which has been helpful rather than just running and gunning completely. But we are running and gunning today. So I appreciate you guys patience and, uh, and, and, and hanging with me here. All right. Uh, let's see. So let's go a little bit further here. Uh, Bashamp, according to his fans, held a rather marvelous view of the life process and espoused a more nuanced perspective on infectious and chronic illness, for which history branded him a heretic. <laughs> Much of Bashamp's work centered on the biological role of fermentation. Okay. He coined the term microzyma, zyme from the ancient Greek word for a to ferment, to describe tiny particles that he viewed as the primary anatomical elements of all living beings. So microzyma is an important term. Remember that. The beginning and end of all organization. Bouchamp viewed these particles as living entities precisely because of their power of movement and production of fermentation. Subsequent generations of open-minded researchers agree with Bouchamp's pioneering observations about microparticles as the fundamental unit of biology. The most recent research in this vein proposing a new genetic theory and a universal life paradigm involving spontaneous self-assembly of DNA. Interesting stuff. Bouchamp's various discoveries led him to conclude that our bodies are, in fact, in effect, mini ecosystems, where an individual's internal ecosystem becomes weakened, whether due to poor nutrition, toxicity, or other factors. And by other factors, I know that Tom Cowan's done a lot of work, um, and I know that that terrain theory really kind of gravitates towards the other factors being radiation, radiation in the environment. One of the theories is that, you know, the Spanish flu of 1918 happened to coincide around the same time that America brought on all of the electrical infrastructure. So this increased level of radiation out there triggered 
this disease response in all humans, this dis-ease response in all humans. A great example would be like the last couple of years. There's been a huge influx in radiation with 5G. And I know, I know Bubbo's like, oh God, he's talking about vaccines, 5G. Uh, I'll save chemtrails for another episode, Bubbo. But we'll, we'll <laughs> but you know, the increased toxicity of radiation in the air could be this other factors that contribute to the disease that takes place in our bodies, you know? Um, so it changes the function of the microbes that are naturally present in the body, producing dis-ease. In other words, microorganisms only become pathogenic after environmental factors cause the host's cellular terrain to deteriorate. So it's less about one disease particle entering my system and making me sick and more about the overall environment, the toxicity of the overall environment. And take a moment to think about like the amount of viruses that live in our bodies. Our bodies are mostly virus, our gut biome and just our body, like we're constantly interacting with viruses every split second, every split second we're interacting with billions of viruses. Our bodies are filled with trillions and trillions and trillions of quote unquote viruses or mi micro particles. These, these, these micro, what is it? Microzymas, right? Our body's filled with trillions of them. That's why like, you know, when you do the PCR process, right? It's, it's even hard to call it a test. The PCR process that they use to detect COVID for, for example, quote unquote, detect COVID, not, not really, right? They can magnify anything, any biological specimen and find anything in there. They could find, like, if I, if I amplified it enough, I could find like cocaine, heroin, meth, everything in your system because there's particles of that everywhere, dude, everywhere. You have a little bit of everything within you already. And so it's, uh, it's the, the idea that viruses are this horrible thing. And it's like, man, you're really just, uh, like we are viruses. We literally are viruses and our environment is one big virus trap. It's really crazy. All right. All right. So as one example, the powerful influence of weakening forces on the host ecosystem, a mid 1980s study looked at French children who experienced complications of wild type varicella chickenpox. Um, note France has never implemented varicella vaccination. Interesting. Although three deaths resulted from what is ordinarily an extremely benign childhood illness, all three fatalities took place with a subset of nine children who had been taking steroid medication as a long -term, on a long-term basis. In comparison, 94 previously healthy children recovered from varicella without incident. The researchers concluded that the deaths occurred as a function of the weakened terrain. Interesting. Um, let's go down a little bit here. I'll probably go till for about another 10 minutes here. And then I'm going to hop on with Steve and Pasta over on AM Wake Up, dude. Right. If you guys don't know, you better check them out. The AM Wake Up on Rockfin is one of the best shows out there. Um, they're fantastic and uh, hilarious. And I actually got to do their show live in person on my way out here to Nashville. I, I stopped with them and stayed with them for a couple of days in Las Vegas and hung out and partied. So, you guys, as soon as we're done here, I'm be hopping over to AM Wake Up. So go check out and support those guys. All right. All right. Here's some inconvenient facts when it comes to terrain versus germ theory. The complacent attitude that vaccines are the answer for everything sidesteps many inconvenient facts documented. Oh, let's see. Hold on. So the toxicity of our city, our system. Oh, the, oh yeah, yeah. System of down. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Word. Former VP Biden in the house, guys. What's going on, Biden? Like, aren't you, isn't about your nap time? Come on now. All right, here we go. Uh, the complacent attitude that vaccines are the answer for everything sidesteps many inconvenient facts documented by numerous studies showing that vaccines are far from predictable or beneficial. In fact, in refutation of the static perspective promoted by Pasteur and evoked by the authors who want to use super vaccines to solve super bug problems, vaccines not only increasingly fail to protect recipients against the microbes they target, but are promoting increased susceptibility to vaccine strains as well as other strains and pathogens while also augmenting the disease severity. Uh, where's Jackie? I don't know who's Jackie. I don't know who Jackie is. All right. For example, children who receive pertussis containing vaccines are more susceptible to pertussis throughout their lifetimes. Five years after completing a pertussis vaccine series, a child will be up to 15 times more likely to acquire pertussis than in the first year after receiving the vaccine series. Interesting. Flu shots make people more susceptible to other severe respiratory viruses and people who get flu shots annually are more susceptible to non-vaccine strains of influenza. In clinical trials of Merck's human papilloma HPV vaccine, Gardasil, which talk about carnage from vaccines, 
Uh, women with evidence of current or prior exposure to HPV had a 44% increase of developing cervical lesions or cancer after receiving the vaccine. So I'm sure a lot of you guys have heard about the whole controversy with Gardasil. Um, if not, look into it. Uh, warning, vaccine-based immunity, waning vaccine-based immunity has increased measles and mumps severity in most vulnerable groups. Bichamp surely would have comments about these specific, the significant breakdowns in vaccinations underlying assumptions. In addition, he will likely... He likely would be would have been disturbed by the vaccine industry's little discussed reliance on DNA from species such as birds, dogs, monkeys, cows, pigs, blah, blah, blah. Uh, let's see. Okay, let's see if there's anything else worth noting. So paradigm loss. And if the medical community were honest, it would be forced to admit that the model of disease that catapulted Pasteur to fame has played itself out and is pushing us to disability and death. I mean, just right there, you guys look around. Okay. If nothing else, this is something that we could challenge and help hold people like Fauci accountable for but like, okay, dude. All right, Fauci. So you've been the head of the national like infectious disease agency for what? 40 years, 45 years. What do you have to show for it? What is your legacy? Okay. Human health in the United States in particular has just plummeted. You're the war like, like it's not even questionable. The amount of like childhood illness the, go. Here's another one, a big red pill guys. Look at like where America ranks in overall childhood mortality compared to other countries. There are like third world countries that can deliver babies and keep them alive better than the United States. It's absolutely insane. Like infant mortality in the United States per capita is out of control, man. Like this medical paradigm system is insane, dude. I mean, we know they love killing babies already, you know, and if they can't kill a baby in the womb, then they will definitely do everything they can to inject it with as many things to make it as sick and unhealthy as they possibly can and extract as much money out of them as possible while they live a diseased, unhealthy life. Like, that's what we're dealing with here, okay? But anyway, that's a whole nother discussion. <laughs> I might have lost bubble on that one. But anyway, <laughs> you know, oh, what was I even going there? So... <sighs> Yeah, it's played out. And all we got to do is just look at the people around you. Go to the grocery store. Look at these people. Look at their carts. Look what they're putting in their carts. You know, these people have been victimized. These people are under we're under attack. You know, just, you know, the health of these people have just, of all of us, have been so sidebarred and distracted. That's what I was going to say earlier. I got distracted. I get distracted easily on here. But uh, I was saying, like, I moved to Tennessee and I was looking up, like, the water. And it looks like they put, they're very proud about the fact that they put a lot of fl uh, fluoride in the water here in Tennessee. And I was like, oh, man, that sucks. Because the one thing I'll give Oregon credit for, allegedly, they don't put, at least in, like, the uh, Eugene where I was from, they did not put fluoride in the water there. So, you know, that's another thing to look into, you know, if you're, if you're looking at some of this stuff. But, but just look. And how disease, I mean, I don't have to tell you guys, I mean, you guys all know like how diseased and unhealthy our society is. And so just by that metric alone, we should be like, Fauci, you belong in freaking prison, man. You belong in prison because you've been at the head of the helm, at the helm of the ship this whole time while America's health has just plummeted. Anybody that's been in any sort of public health capacity for the last 40 years should be ashamed of themselves. They should be criminally held responsible. I mean, obviously, okay. <laughs> I'm kind of uh, contradicting myself because I'm firmly of the belief that our health is our responsibility and I'm not unhealthy because Fauci is over in Washington, D.C. Uh, sacrificing children. That's not why I'm unhealthy. And I think like that's a bad thing. But but I think that I mean, that's a fallacy. Obviously, that's a big, big logical fallacy. But but the idea that they permit, you know, like these quote unquote regulatory agencies that are supposed to be there to protect and, you know, protect consumers and this and that have completely not only not only not done that, but they are financially incentivized to do the complete opposite and make us as, as sick as possible. Just think of it that way. The FDA. Man, you can just look at so many different crazy things, the way that they like uh, just like look at the controversy with like uh, Donald Rumsfeld and uh, what is it uh, that sweetener? whatever that, that fake sweetener is aspartame, like look into that one, like, man, like these agencies that are, but we think are there to safeguard and protect our health are literally only there to make us as sick as possible without getting caught. They're there to protect, you know, food companies and, and, and these industries they are there to, to, to do just enough so that they can make us as sick as they possibly can without it blowing back on the, on the agency. So they want to set the bar so low that our level of health is so 
poor, the food that we get. And, and they try to do it subversively. You know, I'm convinced too that even going to the grocery store and going to the organic food section, like if I'm buying organic food, I'm like, to me, this is the food that they probably have all the genetically engineered vaccines in. And yes, Bubbo, they are. And I'm just, again, Bubbo, I'm not attacking you. I'm just, I'm just, I, I think this is a kind of a funny routine. Like you and me, we're going back and forth. It's like, Bubbo, Bubbo, I'm telling you, they got vaccines in the lettuce. They are putting vaccines in lettuce, dude. Like, let's see if I can find that vaccines in produce. Let's see. Like, I'm not, that sounds insane. Like, that sounds like this guy's crazy. Okay. Uh, here we go. Here's the University of California. Folks, folks, you with me? University of California. Grow and eat your own vaccines. Okay. The future of vaccines may look more like eating a salad than getting a shot in the arm. You see Riverside scientists are studying whether they can turn edible plants like lettuce into mRNA vaccine factories. <laughs> oh, my God. And so I'm like, okay, when I go eat at the grocery store and I go to the organic food section, <laughs> am I eating one of these mRNA vegetables dude like oh you gotta be kidding me stop it stop it they're so evil they're so evil it's so insane you cannot convince me that that's a good thing there's no realm or reality anywhere where that is a good thing you know what you know why and it's not just because and it's like oh it's such a cool little innovation man that's a cool like thing man like whoa that's super cool okay yeah but it's informed consent if I'm, it's all about informed consent. You have to know what it is that, that you're putting in your body and you have to know all of the side effects and you need to know all of the consequences and the alternatives and the risks. But if they're putting in your damn salad that you don't get any of that, you don't get to consent to whether or not my lettuce has vaccines. In, okay. This, this is Louis Pasteur and germ theory run rampant. This needs to be stopped today. University of California, you do not get to put your damn mRNAs in my salad, okay? Period. This is this is germ theory run rampant, dude. They're like, well, we're just going to force it in their freaking food. We're just going to put it in their food. And it just creeps me out to no end, you guys. It creeps me out to no end. So let's just wrap this up here. So paradigm lost. The medical community were honest. It would be forced to admit that the model of disease that catapulted past year to fame has played itself out and is pushing us to disability and death as quickly as possible. They want us sick and dead. They want us sick and dead, and they want to profit off of every stage of it all the way to our grave, period. Here and there, scientists working with the mainstream framework recognize this. For example, researchers tackling the problem of multidrug-resistant tuberculosis acknowledge that a wide variety of factors increases host susceptibility to TB and TB mortality, including immune, blah, blah, blah. Let's just read the last paragraph and call it. Realistically, we cannot expect researchers who receive direct or indirect funding from the pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical industry to suggest common sense steps for supporting or strengthening the immune system. If Bichamp were around today, chances are that his recommendations would be more sound, emphasizing basics such as high quality nutrition and excellent sleep at a deeper level. Cowan also, Dr. Tom Cowan, shout out, also reminds us that the quest for a life of abundance, joy, and meaning is equally important and to sustaining our health. Amen to that guys. So that's really, that's really cool. You know, the moral of the story is, is that, uh, <laughs> You know, the answer to this is really just find grow, grow your own food, find your own locally sourced food, eat healthy, exercise, stay positive, build community, laugh, surround yourself with good people, uh, exercise, play music, listen to music, you know, get out in the sun, go barefoot in the field, have amazing sex, all that great stuff, man. That's the secret to life is just be happy and healthy and look for these things that can like feed us, you know what I mean? Minimize our, our time in front of a screen, you know? That's what it's all about, man. And so that's the solution. And isn't that cool? We don't have to live in fear. We don't have to, you know, do any of that stuff, man. Like we can just take little steps in that right, right direction. Build community, grow a garden. Even if you live in the city, just like throw some like herbs in a thing and put it on the windowsill and grow some herbs, dude. You know, it's a beautiful thing we get to do. All right, guys. Wow, that was fun, right? That was fun. We had some good times there. So, like, let's let's do this though. So, you guys hung with me this whole time. I really appreciate you all very much. If you guys got any value out of this show, um, let me show you. Let me show you what we can do here. Uh, okay, so check it out, guys. So, if you're new to the show, Bobo, 
Bubbo, I want you to do me a favor, man. If you like this show, like go over to the website, rebunk.news. That's the main website. When it pops up, there's going to be a little uh, field that pops up. You can enter your email address. That way you'll get email notifications where I'm about to go live and do a show. Um, you know, if you want to, if you feel like you got any value out of the show, you can leave a tip on the give, send, go, give, send, go forward slash rebunked. Um, there's a link to it on rebunk.news as well. Bam. There it is. There's the rebunk news, give, send, go. Um, make sure you're uh, subscribing on all your audio podcast players. So Bubbo subscribe on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, whatever you're listening, wherever you listen to podcasts, you can listen on the go. If you guys want to be a monthly reoccurring donor, um, that's on subscribe star. Okay. So I need, I need five, I need five people. I need five subscribe star people. Okay. I have three right now, but before I can do any sort of like, uh, it won't let me like do anything <clears throat> until I have five subscribers to prove that I'm not like, you know, some like this isn't like a fraud scheme or something. So I need five monthly reoccurring donors, five bucks a month. That's all we need. That's all we need guys. So hop on there, subscribe star.com forward slash rebunked. Um, so the goal is five. We're at three. And big shout out to all you guys. You know who you are. Much love. But uh, get on the subscribe star. Five bucks a month. Helps keep the ship going. All right. Now, Telegram is the best place to stay up to date with the show. Like, uh, you'll get notifications like me this morning being like, well, I guess Kaufman's not coming on. So we're just going to. And then I was like, ah, not going to do a live stream this morning. I was all pissed. And then I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm not going to let this ruin my day. I'm going to go on there and have some fun with the people. I'm going to have some fun with the people. So uh, t.me forward slash rebunked pod is going to be the main spot to be in the telegram. Uh, and then at the bottom of rebunk.news, you'll see value for value donation options, including Bitcoin, Ethereum. You'll see like my Venmo, PayPal, all that good stuff. Uh, and then of course, uh, we got the t-shirt shop, rebunk.news forward slash shirts. Um, that's a cool little thing. We got all kinds of cool designs. Compliance is violence. Can't depopulate an idea. We are many. They are few. I see false flags. Bubbo, if you don't know what false flags are, go back a few episodes I did with uh, Oli Demigard, Charlie Robinson, Steve Poikinen, and Monica Perez. We talk all about false flag terror, right? Um, and then, uh, guys, in the description, too, you'll see my uh, affiliate sponsors, truthtrs.com, and then uh, Richard Grove's Autonomy Course. So those are great ways to support the show, too. But I think that's going to do it, you guys. I think that's going to do it. I'm going to go pop over and hang out with Steve and Pasta over on AM Wake Up. So I'll see you guys over there in a few minutes. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. And uh, yeah, question everything. Fuck you, Louis Pasteur.